Um, it's it's a real pleasure to be here. Um, I know that Ripon. I didn't realize, Jim, that Ripon is uh, Ripon, not Ripon. Where he went, Jim, but uh, Ripon, Ripon. Uh, yeah, either way. Uh, it's good, good stuff. So now, it really has been, I think, a force for a common sense conservative presence in Washington. Uh, I enjoyed the description of the groups, and we're about trying to reflect the nature of who America is, and that is we're a government of the people. And oftentimes, I think we uh, struggle uh, with that notion because things in this town tend to take over instead of the view that we need to have, uh, which Mike Kelly and I were just talking about, is the people that we represent. It is not the people like uh, inside the Beltway, it is the people that put us here that drive and should drive the direction of our country. But I, I'd like to start with a story that I do think sort of reflects the real goodness of who we are as a country and what it is I believe we should be shooting for in terms of the kind of majority that we are and hoping to make uh, progress on the goals uh, that we set. And this was uh, a story that was related to me last week by a, a neurosurgeon um, who now, he's now back uh, from overseas, but he had worked uh, in Iraq uh, because he was called up, he had been a member of, of our military and served as a doctor in combat. And uh, he was in Baghdad and had just heard a report where there had been an attack on a convoy in East Baghdad. And um, they had rushed in the, the men and women who were um, part of all that. And there was a soldier who was in the top a cupola of a tank that had received some serious injuries. And they brought him into the medical center and um, pretty beaten up, a lot of broken bones, even a broken back. And so the neurosurgeon was brought in to see what the diagnosis was. And fortunately, after they did a thorough analysis and treatment, found out that this soldier was actually going to be okay. And so when the uh, procedures had finished and, and the soldier was resting, the doctor went in to talk to the soldier to give him the good news. And so uh, when the doctor related to him and said, look, you've been really beaten up, and, but the good news is you're going to be 100% cured, we're going to send you home, and eventually you will be returned to normal existence. And at the sound of that, the soldier just broke down bawling like a baby. And so the neurosurgeon said, I don't think you heard me. I think, you know, really, it's going to be okay. You're going to go home, you're going to get a purple heart. Uh, you served our country. Uh, the ultimate uh, in, in honor that's going to be conferred upon you. And so the soldier said to the doctor in his tears, he says, doctor, you don't understand. He said, when I'm here, fighting in Iraq. I'm fighting for what's good about our country. I'm fighting to help people here in Iraq rebuild their lives and their communities. He said, when I go home, I'm an assistant manager of a fast food restaurant. He says, I like what I do here. And, you know, that just sort of resonated with me because that says we in America really stand for that. We, we stand for trying to better the world. And I believe that that's what makes us so different uh, than other countries. This soldier, it's not that he didn't want to come home and be with his family. 
it's the higher calling that was involved with his service to our country and, and risking his life in order to affect the mission that this country is about. And it was really, I think, a story that does say, yes, in America, we stand for bigger things. In America, we as conservative Republicans don't stand for big government, but we do stand for a big America. And I shudder to think what this world is going to be without a big America. And so it is that optimism, it is that inspiration, I believe, that our party is about. We're having a challenge, as we know, nationally, in conveying that kind of optimistic, aspirational message of who we are as conservatives and as Republicans. The media's done a great job at sort of shoving us in the corner because all they'll say that we're concerned with is somehow balancing the budget and is cutting spending and taking away things from people. When what we're trying to do is we're trying to say we need to do those things in order to um, re-energize the opportunity machine of America. We're about giving people opportunity. And that's really what our agenda this year is about, is we're about an agenda of opportunity, about advancement, and about innovation. Because that's who we are as America, that's how America can lead the world and do those good things that that soldier was about. So we've committed ourselves, as you know, over the last couple months to trying to set in place a plan that we don't run into the buzzsaw um, of, um, you know, of the media opposition, the other side's politics, and try and get this economy back on track. And we have taken the steps necessary. We've stood by the sequester, and I want to thank again the airline industry for helping us get through that uh, little bump on the sequester. Uh, but we've hung in there, and we've said, yeah, we are going to maintain our commitment to fiscal discipline. No one no one can convince us that that's not a necessity to trying to restart this economic engine of growth. But we also want to go in and speak to the people, so many people, that frankly have um, begun to turn us off because they don't feel that we have an agenda that speaks to them. Again, it's like that soldier in Iraq. You know, what is it that we're doing for the assistant manager uh, of the fast food restaurant? What are we doing for um, the you know, single moms who are uh, waking up in the District of Columbia this morning and facing the fact that their kids are going into schools uh, that you know, they, they can't even provide a safe place for that mother to leave their kid off this morning, much less trying to give them an education. What is our party about there? What well, has to do with what I think Sam had been saying about what we we've set out to do, and that is to apply the conservative philosophies um, to the challenges that everyday people are facing. And if you'll see this week on the floor, uh, we have a bill that Martha Roby has put in, and it's a bill that came out of the Education Workforce Committee on a party-line vote. It's a bill that says, look, if you work overtime more than 40 hours a week, you ought to be given the choice of whether you get time and a half or get comp time. Why? First of all, all government employees have this flexibility. 
And secondly, if you're a working parent, and believe me, I know, as Sam said, I've got three, one of the things all working parents want is more time. How do you go in and juggle getting to the pediatrician's office, going to a parent-teacher's conference, going to a soccer game after school? If you're an hourly wage earner and you've got to be there for work in order to get your paycheck, who wants that kind of choice? Of, of getting the paycheck so you can pay the bills or being with your kids. So that's what we're trying to do with that bill. And it's a bill that is, I think, right on the money. It, it, it started when I first got here by Judy Bigger, another Ripon Society fan uh, who used to be here. Uh, but it was speaking to the working moms and dads. And so our idea is to, again, take government out of the way in this instance, because it's the one that's in impeding the ability for working parents uh, to have that kind of flexibility. You know, we're, we, you know we passed a, um, a bill that Virginia Fox had. Uh, this was a bill that looked at the 50-plus federal worker training programs. 50, 50 programs this federal government has trying to streamline them so that people can make sense out of how they can go get the skills necessary to go back to work. Um, so we're going to be doing this. We've got some edu more education issues uh, that we're taking a look at. John Klein's committee saying, hey, education reform, education opportunity is something we conservatives have always believed in. If we're going to be about advancement, we need to allow parents the opportunity to yank their kids out of these really bad schools and put them into a life where they actually have a shot at a successful future. And it's about dollars following the kids, because if you let the dollars follow the bureaucratic maze here, you get what you got now. And that's not good enough for us. Uh, and we intend to take that, take that on as well. Now we're talking about um, innovation, because I believe ultimately um, all of us um, know that America's innovation machine is what's fueled so much of the growth uh, that we see. And, you know, we've got uh, the issue of immigration that's swirling around. Uh, Lamar Smith is here has been a terrific advocate on so much of that. You know, immigration carries with it that issue of the STEM visas, right? We want to be that country where the best and the brightest come here to, 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 to learn, to work, and to create jobs. As you know, we have struggled with this for years. We ought to certainly be able to staple that green card to the diploma. And we're fighting to make that happen in this immigration debate or beyond. We've got to do that. It's really, really important. I see Ralph Hellman back there smiling. It's, uh, it's been years, and we've got to get it done. But we also have to say, look, we need an environment um, that will induce people to put capital at risk here. And so the kinds of things on economic growth that we are still about and will continue to push are those things that afford a competitive tax structure. Mike Kelly on the Ways and Means Committee, you know, Dave Camp has been hard at work trying to set the table for tax reform. We, we can't assume that just because we're America, all the capital is going to continue to flow here. We've got to go and say we want to be the best. And uh, we're trying to bring this administration along and say, hey, you know, we're serious. We want to be competitive. We want to compete. We want to win. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll be looking for your help in trying to push that along. Uh, as we go through the next couple of months. And, and lastly, I'd say this on innovation. Our party, to me, traditionally, has always been about research. 
we've always been about science and what's smart about America. And uh, Greg Harper and Tom Cole just introduced the bill two weeks ago, which actually is somewhat counterintuitive uh, when you think about, you know, we as Republicans. Um, but yes, to me, it makes sense. We believe in the, in the seed corn of research and the priority that the government's got to go out there and undertake risk um, on that side when the private sector won't. They put a bill in which says take monies from spending on political conventions and, and the presidential uh, uh, fund that you check off on your income taxes. Take that away and let's put it towards research of pediatric diseases at the NIH. Right? Let's go. I mean, look, let them choose that. Which one are you going to choose? Well, we ought to make a priority as a country that we're for research. We're for helping find cures for kids who are stricken with cancer and the other terminal diseases. That only makes sense. That's consistent with what, who we are as a party. So there are a lot of these kind of things that um, I believe we can be successful on. We have a vision of this country that does reflect that soldier's visions of doing big things. Uh, this place and this town has grown entirely too complicated for most Americans. They don't get what goes on here. And we're trying to go about trying to reprioritize so they can once again feel like the Ribbon Society started, that we are a country for them, uh, and they and we work for them and not the other way around. So with that, I thank you very, very much for your attention. Thanks for having us here. And uh, Jim, I'll turn it back to you.